Thank you so much, Maxi, for such a lovely time. Um, and I'm so glad that you guys are joining us today. Uh, my name is Pastor Wallace, as, as Maxi has already told you. And today we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 5 and chapter 6. Now, have you ever heard what comes to your mind when you hear the word um, have faith? What comes to your mind when you are told um, keep faith, come strong, keep faith in God? What normally comes to your mind? Now, we are going to be looking at what it means to have faith in God and what the word faith means and what it means, um, how your life can fully transform when you're having faith in God and when you're not having faith in God. And you find some of those stories in the book of Mark chapter 5 and chapter 6. The Bible teaches us about faith and the importance of having faith. Now, the primary idea of faith is simply trusting that something is true and therefore being confident around or about it. It's having a reliance on something. Hebrews 11 uh, verse 1, Paul writes that faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. In the Old Testament, we come across different stories of different people, Abraham, Moses, Esther, who had faith in a God that they could not see, and they believed that what God had told them at that particular time would come to pass. They had an assurance that what God had said he will do in future, even though they could not see it, even though Abraham could not see what God was talking about, even though Moses could not see the land that God was talking about, even though Esther could not see the salvation that God was giving the Israelites, they still believed in that God and believed that they had favor um, in that kind of a God. Now, such reliance in the word of God, such reliance in God enables us to treat the future as present. And it also helps us to see the invisible, uh, to treat the invisible as seen. And we're going to be looking at that in a few moments. In Mark chapter 5 and uh, chapter 6, we come across two different groups of people, some people who had faith and others who did not have faith. Jesus continues to reach out um, to the people in Galilee and beyond. And I'd just like to remind us what, Becky, what Pastor Becky taught us uh, last week around chapter 3 and chapter 4 about the importance of the word of God. John tells us that the words of God is eternal life. And we are being encouraged to take heart, to have faith in the words of God. And so we see um, Jesus continually teaching, giving them the words of life, the words of eternal life, teaching them on how to hear him, teaching them on what the kingdom of God is like in Galilee and beyond. We see um, chapter, chapter 5, we see Jesus casting out a legion of demons out of a possessed man and sending them into the swine. We normally told there were about 2,000 swine and they run off a cliff into the sea. And then after that story from verse 1 to uh, verse 20, we again encounter Jesus healing a woman who had an issue with blood. And finally, we encounter a story from verse 21 to 43, uh, Jesus raising Jairus' daughter. And we're going to go through these stories and just look into how many, what can we learn from these stories? How can we adjust our lives accordingly, um, according to these stories? So Mark chapter 5, verse 21, we read, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. 
Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him honestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and alive. And he went with him. I'd like us to note two things uh, from just this first part. The Jairus had so much faith and so much trust in a person who he had not interacted with before. He's very sure that when Jesus lays his hands on his daughter, she will be well and, and she will live. The result of this kind of faith, of this kind of first encounter um, with Jairus, Jesus responds uh, to, that, um, to that request by saying, let's go. And he went with him. We read that he went with him. And something happens in between verse 24 and 35. And I'd just like us to jump into verse 35. And then we're going to come back to the uh, previous verses. While he was still speaking, when Jesus was still speaking, um, there came from the ruler's house. These are people who were serving Jairus. They came to his house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Now, this statement had a potential of totally um, destroying Jairus' faith and demoralizing him and ensuring that he would no longer pursue or ask Jesus to go to his home um, to heal his daughter. How many things in your life have put you in that kind of a situation? How many conversations or how many uh, words have been spoken over your life um, in a, that have the potential of turning you down, of just, you know, tearing your faith and making you not have faith in God. And we normally ask ourselves, why should I even bother? There is no hope in this project. How many times have you told yourself that there is no hope in this project? I cannot pursue this um, anymore. We normally say, watch I kuja tu venye itakuja. Watch I come tu venye itakamu. Because we lose, we have the potential of losing faith in God. And because Jesus knows this, and Jesus never wants us to respond to life circumstances like this, Jesus responds to these people by saying, in verse 36, we read that by overhearing what they said, Jesus said to, to the ruler of the synagogue, and that is Jairus, he tells him, do not fear, only believe, only have faith in me. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. And Jesus saw a commotion while weeping and wailing loudly. The people were weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. And he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking. For she was 12 years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. Now, this is a simple um, illustration of what faith can make you have. That God can turn things around in your life, and God can turn opportunities, things that look that, like they are dead, Areas in your life that look like there's no future, there's no hope. Jesus and God can simply turn that around depending on how much faith you have in him or how persistent you are um, with, with God and how much faith you've put in his word. Now God knows 
that or Jesus Jesus knows or he knew the amount of discouragement that Jairus would go uh, through. And so he prepares him with something that happens in chapter uh, in verse 25 of the same chapter. And we read a story where Jesus heals a woman who had bled for 12 years. Verse 25 we read, And that there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not better but rather and was not better but rather grew us she had heard the reports about jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment for she said if i touch even his garment i will be made well i like you to realize the amount of faith that this woman had Verse 29, and immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out of him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it but the woman knowing what had happened to her came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth and he said to her daughter your faith your faith has made you well go in peace and be healed in your disease three things that i like us to highlight again from verse 25 to verse uh, 34 is that number one, the woman was a foreigner. She was an outcast in that land because of the issue that she had, the, her being unwell. She was not allowed to be in a community. And so it takes her a lot of guts and it takes her a lot of courage and faith for her to even press in the crowd and move towards the direction of Jesus. Number two, we read in verse 26, verse 26 that she had suffered much under very many physicians and has spent all that she had, and she was not better, but she grew worse. She had tried everything that she could, but her situation for 12 years, but her situation was not improving. How many things in your life, how many things have you tried in your life and things have never improved? Are you in that kind of a situation that you've spent money, you've spent resources, you've gone to different people, tried, uh, you know, prayed for very many doors to open, cried on behalf of your parents, cried on behalf of your brothers or different people, but things do not look like they are going to improve. Or even your own life, you've, you've struggled, you've battled with addictions and you just pray, God, if you can only take this from me. I in that kind of a situation, just like this woman. We read um, that she had tried so many physicians but she didn't know that she only needed one true physician who would heal her completely. And this true physician is the one that we are talking about today, who is Jesus Christ. The third thing, she says in verse 28, that if I touch this garment, I will be made well. And she's speaking this after she had had reports. She had not even seen Jesus um, doing other miracles. She had had reports. But, and by just hearing, her faith was built and she had so much courage to believe that if only I touch his garment, I will be made well. This is the kind of faith that 
Jesus is encouraging us to have um, um, today. This is the amount of courage and belief that God is encouraging us to, to have um, in our day and age and even in this period of COVID. On the other side, Jesus also encounters with people who did not have faith in chapter 6. And we read that he went away from there and came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astonished saying. Now this is where Jesus had uh, received his education in Nazareth. This is pretty much where he had grown up from. And so they start saying, where did this man get these things from? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is it not this carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. Verse 5. And who could not do, he could not do mighty works there, except that he laid his hands on just a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. This is such a sad state in the town of Nazareth, where they refused to receive a Jesus who was the Son of God and who is the Son of God. This lack of faith or this unbelief ensure that Jesus could not do miracles there. And we are told that he, had, he just laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And Jesus was astonished by lack of unbelief. This is exactly what happens when you do not have faith in Jesus. Nothing much can happen. We cannot do more. We cannot live our lives um, for more. We cannot live our lives with eyes wide, believing that anything can happen when we believe in Jesus. And it's so sad for the, the very many people who are living in this kind um, of situation in our lives. Two things that make us to live, not to have faith in God, or not to, 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 be, to have unbelief in our lives. The first one is familiarity with the gospel. We live in a situation where we know all about Jesus, but we don't know Jesus. And Jesus was astonished because the unbelief was coming from the Jews, from people who knew the scriptures, people who had interacted with the Old Testament, and they could not just receive the true king in their lives. The Gentiles, the foreigners, the outcasts, and the people who did not, um, people who the society saw like they did not, uh, they could not receive the gospel of Jesus Christ while the people who are so ready to believe in him, while the people who are ready to have faith um, in God. The second thing is when we, found when we find ourselves being in the same state for a very long time that we start losing hope and start losing faith in God. We normally say that we took our ground and different. And is this your state currently? Things are not getting better in school. Things are not getting better at work. Things are not getting better in your business or in your own spiritual life. When you're hoping for a breakthrough, you receive more bad news, just like Jairus or the woman who had spent 12 years trying to get better. Jesus reminds us that regardless of those two situations, that he has power over every situation in your life. Regardless of how long you have been waiting for your breakthrough or the state of things in your life. 
He has power. He's reminding you this morning that he has power over sickness. He has power over life. He can turn things around in your life. And he can be able to heal you physically and also spiritually. His promises throughout the scriptures, throughout the Bible, reassure us that he is there for us and we should not fear. Jesus tells Jairus that do not fear, but believe in me. Just believe in me. Like the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, we are encouraged to have faith, just faith. And Jesus says, have faith the size of a mustard seed and rest assured that I will make change in your life and I will come through for you. For the many people who are currently listening to this message or who are watching us and they are in luck, I'd like to encourage you today to believe that God is your provider. For the very many people who are mourning, I'd like you to believe that God is your comforter because that's the promise that God has given us uh, through his scriptures. For the very many people who are restless and anxious, may you believe that God is able to give you peace that passes all human understanding, that the human understanding cannot, uh, human beings cannot understand the amount of peace that God is ready to give you and to offer you. And for the very many people who are currently distressed, I'd just like, you, I'd just like to encourage you to, div, uh, to dig deep into the word of God. Dive deep into the word of God. Hold on to the promises of God, knowing that God is going to come through for you. May your faith be built in everything that you do. May you be like the woman who suffered for 12 years. May you be like Jairus, who through his faith, his daughter was raised from the dead. May you not be like the Nazareth who did not believe in Jesus, who are too familiar with this Jesus. And Jesus could not make a transformation or Jesus could not move in their lives. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, Paul writes again that it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. You know, faith is one of the love language of Jesus Christ. And I'd like to pray for you um, this morning that your faith will grow and that your faith will be solidified in the word of God and that you're going to walk knowing that God is for you. God is not against you regardless of what uh, people might say, regardless of what the situations may look like for you currently in your business or in your home or in your school. That regardless of that situation, God is still coming through for you and God still cares for you. And whatever you're going through, uh, God is taking you through a season for a purpose. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for everyone who's listening um, this morning. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your protection over their lives. I pray that their eyes are going to be opened in a way that they're going to see things from your perspective, in a manner that they are going to believe, oh God, in, their, in your word. That, oh God, as they open their Bibles to read through your promises, they're going to see the many times that, you are, that you've told them and encouraged them, oh God, not to fear, but to have faith in you, oh God. May, may our faith grow in you, even in this season, as we study the book of Mark. May we get to know you as our Savior. May we get to know you as our healer. May we get to experience you as our comforter. May we get to experience you as the God, the great I am the God who becomes 
um, what we need him to become, oh God, in our situation so that you're constantly, oh God, healing us and constantly helping us, oh God, to see you in a new way. May you be glorified of our lives and may you be honored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you so much.